are you guys going to send me a bill after this? I feel like I've been <laughs> have a good, good therapy session. Um, what do you, you think know, the train's for? I want to be on. I want to be on the train so bad. <laughs> And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Matt Cermak, here on board with me. How we doing, Ev? What a ride we just took with Mr. Sorry, I'm pumped up. Lang. I'm going to probably have to lower the volume for what you just did, but <laughs> we just had Eric Anders Lang on the show for a third time. It gets better every time with him. He's incredible. Yeah, you guys are in for a treat. But first, in case you're new, welcome aboard. Are you sick of riding the struggle bus? You come to the right place. Part Train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The Part Train Podcast unpacks the mental game with PJ Torpros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers, media guys, hosts like Eric Anders Lang, podcast hosts, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. Before we get to this episode with Eric, this podcast is presented by Roback Performance Apparel, just like every podcast oh. is. Thank you guys for supporting the show and helping us do this every week. Um, this is a big week, okay? This is coming out on Sunday, the Sunday before Masters Week. And guys, if you're listening to this, you need to go get the Masters gear because it's going to sell out at Roback.com. Enter the code TRAIN for 15% off. I just got a shipment from them. I got them wearing the Amen. I think this is the Amen hoodie. And the Augusta hoodie is the Azalea print in a hoodie. So I've oh. got a green hoodie with yellow drawstrings and I've got the Augusta print now. So that makes my hoodie count at 12. Oh my God. You were at nine. I thought you were at nine two weeks ago. Yeah. And I've just added <laughs> a few more. Okay. Is that fun? So, I mean, is there anything better than this time of the year? But with Robax, they, they drop so much good stuff. I'm trying to figure out my ideal outfit um, oh. for going to the Masters for the first time. But sorry, t- tell me about you're wearing the, the green vest right now. Yeah, the green vest is kind of my moneymaker for uh, Augusta season. You this get a lot a, of compliments on that, don't you? I do. Now, I will say, guys, this I got this vest a while back. It's not currently in stock. So you never know if they bring it back. But yeah, Ev, I'm going to be getting my first hoodie soon. You know, I'm more of a vest guy, Yeah. but they've got so many different green shirts right now, which yeah. is kind of in the spirit of St. Patty's a little bit, kind of a St. Patty's hangover, pun intended, and Augusta coming up. So there's a ton of green polos and I, I think there's four. So yeah. it's just a great time of the year. Great time of year. Yeah. I mean, we get so many DMs about people just being amazed by their stuff and how soft and stretchy and breathable it is. Um, I'll just say this, the, uh, someone DM'd me and asked me, are the hoodies like super heavy or are they light? Cause I think he lived in Florida. They're not too heavy, but they're warm enough. I'm on the West coast and I wear them. My favorite look is the shorts wearing shorts with a hoodie. The Florida perspective, a little worried about the humidity. humidity. He's in luck. He's in luck. Here's my final little tip for you guys. If you haven't gotten rowback gear, you're thinking about getting more. Roback.com is constantly every week loading new styles and new things, but you can't assume that it's going to be there forever because especially with the master's stuff, it's going to sell out quick and sometimes it's months until it comes back, right? The Azalea Polo only comes out once a year. 
So here's what I'd say. Not to, I'm not trying to sell you to buy more, but genuinely, if you think you like a certain hoodie, polo, Q-zip, vest, whatever it is, hat, if you like it in the moment, I would highly recommend getting it with our code train for 15% off because I've experienced this. It goes away or your size is out and you're like, shit. And now you're waiting months and it may not even come back in stock. So I highly recommend getting it. Great point. Um, if you like something. So rowback.com, enter the code train, 15% off. That's for podcast listeners only. And um, Roback's probably not supposed to, we're not supposed to say this, but I'm just going to whisper it into the mic. If you've already used the code, just enter a new email and get the discount again. Okay. Oh, you didn't hear that from me. Hotmail, okay. Yahoo, SBC <laughs> yeah. Global. Just create new emails. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, thank you to Roback. You guys didn't hear that. Thank you to Roback as always for being a proud partner and helping us do this show. Um, all right. Eric Anders Lang is third time on the train. This episode kind of, we got a super deep. Yeah. He said multiple times that he, he should pay us for the therapy. You should definitely wait till the end because I kind of call him out at the end. There's something that he says that goes against something else he said, and we got it all out on the table. And it comes full circle. (laughs) And it does come full circle. I think this episode is really great because it, I mean, everything we do, we try and have a life aspect to it. But I think especially this conversation, Serm, this conversation has the potential to impact someone's happiness off the course as much as it does on. Yeah. I think you just said it best. He is so fascinating to me. And to talk with him, like you said, the parallels with life and golf. Golf means so much to him. I get, I always get these vibes like golf has had such an um, incredible impact uh, on his life and, and for the better. Um, you know, we can obviously laugh about the struggles in golf and what it can do to you, you know, but everything he does, golf, creatively, personally, professionally, really tries to tie into tie into one. It's, it's very powerful. Like. It's fun to watch him. Uh, I feel like I take so much life advice from him and to watch him think and internalize as we're sitting here, right? Where we talk about, oh, sorry, I'm hitting the mic. I'm getting excited here. We talk about one thing and he's like, I'll get, you know, I'm not sure about that. Let me think about that. I'll get back to you. And then he goes, wait a second, guys, stop. I figured it out. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's moments like that. So I, I just took so much away from him just about how, his, how he kind of approaches his day-to-day life. And, yeah, and, I, and the positivity, because it's not always there for any of us, but how he works on it, right? And, and positivity, inspiration. So just fantastic to connect with him again. And hopefully we'll be seeing him soon. You know? Yeah. And I'll say, I'll finish with this. Golf related, we go really deep into his first and only round shooting under par. And I think there's a lot of interesting learnings. Not saying you're going to go shoot under par tomorrow. But I bet you that if you take some of what worked for him, you're probably going to have a better chance to shoot a really great score. Um, So definitely listen. That's towards the front middle portion. But it's my favorite part, maybe, of the interview. And what he's done with the breaking series is just some of the coolest, if not the coolest video content out there right now in the golf world. Absolutely fantastic. So cool to talk about that too. So guys, you're going to love this. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be coming on the golf scene with some of our own video content soon. 
Oh. So stay tuned for that. Ev's got um, a camera. I got a camera. Thank you, as always, for hopping aboard. Uh, if we've added any value, throw us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means a yeah. lot. Um, we want other people to be inspired by your story. Give us a follow at The Par Train. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok are the best three places. We post multiple times a day there every day. Things that aren't on this show are there. And we love hearing from you. We always have a dialogue. I try and reply to every comment and DM. Uh, might not be great for my productivity, but it's important to me. So I do it. And um, yeah, no matter how bad you're feeling off the tee, no matter how high your scores are, no matter if you broke 90 or not, Sarm, what do they got to do? Just enjoy the ride. All right, enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. You're in rarefied air. Third time hopping aboard the train. Not many people can say that. There's only a few. Welcome Patrick. aboard. Who, who, who else? So we've got <laughs> uh, Brett McCabe, sports psychologist for John Rahm and many others. Dottie He's Pepper, got... I think, was a three-time. Another okay. mental coach, Ward Jarvis for Brennan Todd. Who else was a third time? Is that it, sir? Was Sobel a third time or was he twice? Yes, Jason Sobel early on was okay. a third time. And now Eric Anders Lang. Welcome Any, aboard. Anytime I'm on a level with Dottie Pepper, I'm like, she she is, you know, she doesn't get enough credit for what she's really done to the game of golf. And you you know her voice. You She's such an interesting person. You know, I'm yeah. the conversations with her are just like dogs and like golf. It's great. Yeah. And she yeah. fires you up, too. Yeah. Like yeah. every time I talk to Dottie, I just want to dig it out of the dirt and have my hands bleed. Not, you know? not afraid to call you out either. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> can we just talk? Can we do a a a, a pod about Dottie Pepper today? Can we just, <laughs> can we just focus on her? That's why we're here. That would have been amazing if before we started recording, I asked you what would make this interview a top three interview for you, if you just said Dottie Pepper. Yeah. Like, well, um, came to the right place. I think this is going to be a great jumping off point. So your best swing. Eric, on the front nine when you're playing Austin CC last week in your breaking series, you said your swing thought was, thank God I'm not dead. Let's start it, there. That's right up your guys' alley. You guys <laughs> love that shit. Uh, thank God I'm not dead. Great. I think it was a four iron. Five. Really great swing. It's a five, five iron. Five iron? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, so seventh hole at uh, ACC for the pros for the uh, for the members. That's going to be the sixteenth uh, hole, and um, so long par three, two hundred yards. And I was coming off of a bogey, I think, probably likely, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there was a long walk from the green uh, of six to the tee of seven, and something kind of happened, right? It's early in the round still, you know, you just finished your first, first third of the round. And there was a, there was on this long walk. It just sort of was, I remembered something that I'm really grateful for, which is kind of the, um, the, the, the quality of my life today at that day. And specifically there was a, there it's a, you know, I'm sober. So it was, I, re I remembered that I was sober. I remember that I had quit drinking a long time ago and, and that, you know, I mean, some would argue that my life wouldn't exist had it not been for that. I was certainly kind of going downhill hmm. um, and not living really is, is what you could say. M kind of trying to not live, right. Not exist. And, um, you know, 
it doesn't happen that often that we really reflect on the fact that we're a breathing conscious entity who's really able to do whatever they want in most cases, right? I mean, you could argue, oh, well, I can't just go play golf on a Tuesday. Well, you can, but, you know, you might have to do some work uh, on, you know, getting that set up for yourself. But the truth is we, we can respond to anything however we want to respond. We can create as much freedom in our lives as we want to create. And yep. so, yeah, for some reason that entered my head of just like, wow, like I'm still here, you know, like not everybody makes it to 41. Um, and uh, I was just really, you know, wording it as though I'm so glad I'm not dead is, is you know, just maybe my sense of humor, but, um, you know, obviously the inverse is the more true, right? Grateful, grateful to be on the golf course. Yeah. And so like it. when you think about the vibe that you were experiencing before eight, before that moment, I think you joked and said, like, I don't know why you'd be watching this right now, right? <laughs> yeah, like it's a hard result, course, yeah. Pete Dye, right? Yeah. Uh, pro tees, hard course. What do you think changed in your actual swing after taking that pause and realizing like, Hey, my score might not be what I'm hoping for right now, but what, what do you think switched for you? Freedom? You guys are good. You're good. Um, you know, you're getting me back into that place. Um, when you are a samurai, you show up to the battle and the, and the phrase that you say to yourself is today is a good day to die. Mm. Right. And um, the reason why you say that and the reason why I think about death a lot and the reason why I have a little app on my phone called um, We Croak, W-E-C-R-O-A-K. It's just a little quote app. The, the reason why I reflect on that stuff is because if you don't plan, oh, what's the line from um, King Richard? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm. And, and in some sense, that's true emotionally, right? And so our emotions affect our swing. You guys are big proponents of this part of the game of golf, right? Um, the mental side, I mean, an emotional side. And so on some level, when you're reflecting on, I'm so glad I'm not dead is almost saying, if this was my last swing, I would like to be satisfied. And not with the result, but with the motion, with the, I mean, sure, free, freedom is, must be present in every golf swing. Right. right. It must be. I mean, it doesn't. Sure. You can get away without it. I mean, we see a lot of players kind of holding on through impact, but you still have to let go at some point, <laughs> you know, and letting go is freedom. Right. Like, so freedom is like you can do whatever you want to do and I'm going to be OK with it. I'm not going to want you to be any different. I'm not going to want this situation to be any different because it is exactly as it's supposed to be. Um and so absolutely the swing was a little different. Um, I mean, technically you could look at like, I felt a little more confident. I, I felt good about the club. I felt good about the aiming point. And, uh, but no, it's more about the feeling there of just, yeah, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're going to hit this one. Like it's our last. And Eric is, is golf and are, are these moments good reminders for your professional life and your personal life as well? Are you guys going to send me a bill after this? I feel like I've been <laughs> a good, good therapy session. Um, what do you, you think know, the train's for? I want to be on. I want to be on the train so bad. <laughs> the other day, I played. 
the other day I played it. Someone was like, how'd you play? And I was like, well, I made doubles for about an hour and a half. And then uh, <laughs> like thinking about it in time was kind of funny. Um, you know, what's interesting is anxiety doesn't really do well on the golf course. And I would have a feeling like if you were to attribute all of the bad shots in the world to something, I'll bet the biggest piece of the pie chart is anxiety. Some, some type of fear-based thinking. And I mean, mm, they even, sure. MIT, did you guys ever see MIT did a study on the yips? And they found out that the yips are actually just a fearful thought, like microseconds before impact. Yep. It's fascinating, right? And so absolutely, be, being able to um, place your thoughts in a bucket of positivity and gratitude will produce a very different life than having your thoughts in a bucket of fear and, ooh, I don't know, maybe like uh, resentment, maybe, right? Like the greenskeeper did this, or why are you talking in my backswing or whatever? You know what I mean? Like my, you know, or even self-resentment, right? Like Joe Parent talks a lot about that. Like fire your evil inner caddy. Why would you talk to yourself in a way that you don't talk to anybody else? Yeah. You don't have to. So I think in, in life and in business and personal relationships and business and those things, like what's been really interesting for me recently is looking at those two options of like, it's all, they say like, there's a lion, there's a, there's a wolf and there's a sheep, which one are you going to feed? And it's kind of like in golf, there's like, there's like a, a, there's like the right club. And then there's kind of like, not the right club. And which one are you going to hit? And the right club is kind of this experience of, um, you know, just, just like, how am I going to come in an open mind on this? Right. And, and just assume that, you know, it's supposed to happen this way. So yeah, the, the but, but the, what I was really wanting to say, sorry, it's a long way of answering it. I'm going on forever, but like the, the, the recently I've noticed more anxiety coming up in my personal life and in my business life. And I've tried to watch it and breathe through it and just be like, what's the worst case scenario? Okay, I'll wait tables in Uruguay. I can do that, right? Like, what's yeah, what's yeah. the worst case scenario? Oh, right. I'm going to make a bogey, like as if that's unfamiliar. <laughs> um, so you know, I've been fine every time. So absolutely, it's 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 all the same, right? Like they all say, like golf is a lot like life, except golf is way more complicated. Right? Yeah. Well, it's funny, Rotella. We had him on the podcast a few months ago. He said something really interesting, where he said. I think a lot of us have the yeah, buts, you know, mm. where, <clears throat> yeah, I want to be positive, but I just hit it 60 yards right. Yeah. How can I feel confident? Why would I be thinking positive, confident things? But what he said is, okay, well, golf's hard enough. What do you think gives you a better chance to have a good swing? Mm. So did bad thoughts help your flawed skills? No, no. Right. So it's kind of that whole notion of, yeah, it might feel true to you, but is it productive? Um, which is kind of in line with what you just said. Yeah. We're, we're great, uh, lawyers. We can, we can argue for the ego anytime. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not good enough. Right. Just, just be okay with that. You know, like, you know, yeah. I wish I was better, you know, like, well, if you turn towards something that's more, um, you know, predictable, like this is magical. This is a magical experience. Like someone has literally brought out a machine to make this a golf course. 
And then they planted grass and every day they mow the grass so that I can walk around on it and play. I mean, that's kind of fucking magical, really, if you think about it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break here from our brand new sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. And you guys aren't going to want to fast forward through this because you literally can win five grand by listening. Okay. And another reason to make sure you listen to this and stay tuned is this is a big moment. I got Serm with me for this. We got intern Hank for his first mid roll. What's going on, everybody? How about that, intern Hank? We thought this would be fun to get the Partrain community together have the chance to win a lot of money, and also make the Masters more fun to watch. We're super pumped about the Masters next week. But first, let me explain a little bit about how this works. Okay, Thrive Fantasy is a new fantasy app, and this is for a Masters Thursday contest. Only for Thursday. Okay, they do have other contests. They're going to have a Friday Masters, a Saturday Masters, and a Sunday Masters contest. You can enter those if you like this separately, but for the prizing of and the purpose of this promotion... This is for a Masters Thursday contest only. Here's how it works. 25 bucks to enter the contest. So you download Thrive Fantasy, you deposit, but here's the catch. If it's your first ever deposit on Thrive Fantasy, which it is for us, they give you a free entry into any game if you deposit 10 bucks. So all you got to do is deposit 10 bucks and you get an entry into the $25 contest. We're already saving you money. That's one, okay? Two... When you enter the code TRAIN, and make sure you enter the code TRAIN, you can win $300 if you are the top finisher of Par Train listeners, okay? But guess what? If you win first place, you win 5000 All the way down to 208th pays out 30 So as long as you finish in the top 200, you're going to make some money. If you beat everyone that enters the code TRAIN, you can get 300 Hank, you said it's kind of like fantasy football lineups with golf props. So there's different prop bets. Thursday, they kind of started with all the best players in the world. They're going to update the player list as the tournament moves on and guys move into contention. But essentially, you pick your top 10 favorite prop bets, and each prop has different points. So instead of betting lines for each prop... They have fantasy points. The more points you earn, the higher up you go. If you beat everyone in the par train community, you win 300. If you beat everyone in the contest, you win 5,000 bucks. Okay. Not to mention, if you win in the par train community, one, not only get 300 bucks, I should have mentioned this, you get a par train hat, the par train masters limited edition hat that's coming out this week. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to each list one of our go-to picks. Let's kick it to Hank first. Hank, give me your lock of a pick. Okay, Hank's My pretty lock, fired up about this. John Rahm oh. over 0.5 Eagles. One of the longest on tour in driving distance. One of the shortest swings. One of the shortest swings. <laughs> one of the oh. best players in the world. I mean, he was just number one. He's been playing some outstanding golf. His ball striking's been fantastic. The only thing he's really got to get going is his putter. But as long as he sticks one close, we're we're doing all right. I think that's an absolute lock. 150 points. That's the max I believe you can get. So give me John Rom getting at least one eagle. Justin Thomas. Heard of him? So his bet is three and a half birdies in the first round of the Masters. I'm taking the over. Mm-hmm. Why? And that's going to get you. It's going to get you some points. It's going to get you 80. 80. Go ahead and t- go ahead and take the under. You'll lose 120. It's going to stink <laughs> if you take the under. Well, you don't Here's lose why. the points. You just don't win. 
But here's the key stats. Strokes gained off the tee. He's 13th right now. Strokes gained into the greens. He's five. The weather looks good. 75 and sunny for next Thursday. I know that's a 10-day forecast. But you got to think he's going to have a field day first run of the Masters. He had a very good year. Not quite putting it all together, but he's getting off to some hot starts. I like JT. Three and a half birdies. Oh, my God. He's going to make six. He's going to make six on that Thursday. So, intern Hank, love the wisdom. You're doing a lot of great things. (laughs) But come on. I need you to dig a little more into that. But I need you to dig a little more into the data. JT is the big pick, not Rob. For you guys entering a lineup, it's not just one, right? It's 10. For the purpose of this, we're just doing one each. I'm actually going to give you one I'm not picking and one I'm picking just for fun. Because we were debating this off air. Well, the one I'm not picking is Scotty Scheffler. Over four and a half total birdies. Okay? Number one player in the world. He's played two Masters before. Both top 25s, which was I was surprised and impressed. Guy's playing better than anyone. You'd think, oh, hell yeah, there's four par fives. He can make five birdies. But there could be a lot of pressure. And a lot of people with that on the first round can play super tentative. It takes a little bit to ease in. So I could see Scotty Scheffler having a slower first round, so I'm not going to take that. Um, But the one I am taking, folks, Tiger Woods, 73 and a half under. I'm taking the under, okay? Now, some of you might be thinking, we don't even know if he's going to play. Well, guess what, guys? Thrive Fantasy has something called two ice picks where you get to put two ice picks after you submit your lineup. You can pick two ice picks, basically backups. So if Tiger doesn't play, one of these two ice picks will automatically slot in to that spot. So I'm not worried about missing a lineup spot. But I know Tiger, if he's playing, which God willing, let's hope he does, that guy can play Augusta National in his sleep. You think he can't shoot a 73 or below? Guy's going to be around even par, maybe one or two under after day one. I don't care if he's on one leg. He's done it before. All right. Tiger Woods, everyone, under 73 and a half. That's my lock of the century, even though we don't know he's going to play. Um, all right, intern, guys. Intern Hank, would Evan ever bet against Tiger? No. Why would you? <laughs> guys, it's not about logic. It's about love. But we're, <laughs> yeah. having fun. we're hopping aboard the love train. Uh, all right. So here's what you got to do. Guys, join us. We're all playing in this contest. So Serm is... Uh, Serm Train, his username. Hank is intern Hank's username, and I'm the par train. So you'll see us in there. We can all compete. I'm going to post it on our Instagram uh, throughout the week. And uh, enter the code train. Download the Thrive Fantasy app. Deposit 10 bucks. You'll get free entry into the $25 contest. And if you beat all the par train listeners, you get 300 bucks and a par train hat, limited wow. edition master's hat. And if you beat everyone, you win five grand. Okay, so remember, you get what Thrive pays you, and you also get if you beat everyone in the par train. You can double up. Okay, so I don't know why you wouldn't join. This is like the greatest deal in history. So we've talked enough. We're fired up, but let's get you back to the show. One thing before I know Serm's chomping at the bit. Before I let him, I have one final question on the breaking series because I think keep me honest on this, Eric. I think I've heard you say this before, but. I'm not sure if I'm going to get it totally right, so keep me honest. But I think you were talking about how it's actually not about breaking the score. Thankfully. (laughs) Right? Like, if you watch it enough, you realize that 
a video or task solely focused about breaking 90 or whatever the score is in tough conditions is kind of the perfect way to rip away the fun. And that video every time is a reminder of that. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are wanting to see if you do it, right? That's kind of the fun of it. But talk about that other side of it, because I think that's interesting. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Break 90 is a series of films that we make on YouTube with uh, Random Golf Club Films. And it started off at Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open when Gary Woodland won. And um, someone was like, I wonder what you would shoot from the back tees at Pebble in U.S. Open conditions. And I was like, I can break 90. And they were like, prove it. (laughs) And I went out there and on the 10th hole, I was like, I'm never going to ever do this again. This is fucking terrible. I was like 13 over on the front nine and I only had like five shots left on the back nine. And the rough was like up to my knees. And I was like, this is terrible. I don't want to do this. This is not fun. And then, you know, like in the video, I say something like, it's funny because actually in ACC, I said, why would you watch this? Which is our most recent one we did for the Dell match play. But in going back into that first one at Pebble, I even said, why would 30,000 people want to watch this? Because that was the size of our YouTube channel at the time. And it like kind of blew up. And now I think there's like 700,000 views and it's kind of like, okay, so that's a lot of people uh, watching (laughs) me like, you know, scrape it around. And I've learned a lot since that day. That was almost two years ago. And we've done many more and we've expanded on the series with other players and, you know, different handicaps and non-major championship courses. But yeah, in the beginning, it was just a like experiment and a question. And it, it seemed like there was something there that our membership wanted, right? Which, which I'm still literally asking in the most recent video, like, why do you watch this? You know, like, I'm just curious. Um, but you're right. The concept itself is a bit of a red herring, right? Like why, what, like, like, like the real lesson I think in the breaking series is uh, when you play for score, and this is something the par train, you guys, this is your bailiwick right here. Like when you play for score, you stop playing because you're goal oriented. And when you work for money, you stop having fun. Right. And, um, you know, it's happened all over the place, musicians, athletes, uh, writers, paint artists, like when the money enters the equation, AKA score, it stops being fun. And so if you talk to any tour player out there, what's Brooks Kepka going to do on his day off? Not going to go to the golf course. I mean, granted he does play a lot and practice a lot, but the joy of the game does not rest in the results this is not new, right? This is something you guys right. say over and over and over. And I love it. And that's why I love following you guys. Um, but yeah, the, the breaking series is meant to be an entertaining kind of uh, fool's errand, right? <laughs> and I'm close, right? I got one putt usually every time, you know? I'm playing pretty bad right now. I feel like next one, we're going to the country club at Brookline. I'm going to do it. I got a good feeling about it. Well, <laughs> see, again, I just think about golf though. That's, right? that's why golf is so amazing is because it basically says, um, ignore the carrot, but also don't stop ignoring the carrot, right? Or don't, right. You know, focus <laughs> you go, on it. You go, Brookline right. sets up well for me. Somebody goes, really? And like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every hole's different, right? I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. So let's, let's go to Austin Country Club. You shoot, was it 47 on the front nine? I think you were at, and you needed. Uh, I, he, I'm not aware of that. I think it was 43. I, uh, or is it 43? I do not recall. I think 43. I think it was 43. Lead, yeah. And you, the, the, the quote was, you said, I need to just basically, bo- yeah, it was 43 because I need to just bogey in yeah. to, to 
to get it done, to shoot 89, essentially. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that mindset, right? Because <laughs> that's our sister train, by the way, because, bogey train. That's, that's the uh, upcoming pod. Because yeah. all 89 is where you need to be. But then let's, so that mindset versus 18, right? Because when you get to 18, you got to make birdie yeah. to break 90. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, the drama was unbelievable, Eric. I, it was just like, <laughs> I couldn't have done it better. Like, it was just, so I'm just, funny. I'm watching this just locked in. Is <laughs> like, it going to happen? So compare, maybe compare making the turn, you know, to 18. And because you had a couple of, I mean, what, you played a great 18th hole. Yeah. So, I mean, 18, I hit five wood, which, yeah. um, you know, obviously I don't think I hit like two fairways that day. I think maybe, um, I was just wiping everything and that's just fear, right? That that's the driver yips for me is I just like lean back and I just hit right going right. I mean, I might as well be aiming to fucking Mexico in order to get that thing in the fairway, you know? Um, but like, <laughs> Jesus, I think I had like a 90 degree turn. Um, and you know, yeah, on 18, uh, the difference is like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a good call out actually. Right. Cause the difference at 18 is like fearful or the difference at the turn is like, okay, what, what the fear, the difference on 18, the feeling is more like, we're going to do this, right? Like we're, right. we're, we, we have, um, I mean, it's the same goal really, except on 18, there was a feeling of, um, there wasn't a feeling of fear. There really wasn't actually like even in all it, well, I was a good, I just missed the putt. Like, I mean, I just missed, it was a really hard putt. I misread it 15 feet, but yeah. in the two full shots, um, really proud of those. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No fear, I guess. Well, watching you, especially in this series, but this, this most recent one made me think about my junior career. Like I played in grade school, I played in high school, I played in college and lots of tournaments, lots of qualifiers, lots of moments to try to make the cut or in college, you know, having to qualify for a tournament. Right. So it's, it's a very under the gun feeling. Right. And there were, I remember there was a tournament in, in high school where I was leading bogey the last two holes. I go down by one to get to 18 because I was starting to play a little tentative, was scared of the moment. Yeah. I get to 18. It's like a 350 par four. I just pull out a driver. I rip it. I stuff it. I make the putt. I force the playoff. Cause it was, it was a moment of like, Whoa, like, wake up. Yeah. You got to do this right now. And I was behind as opposed to being in the lead. And I just think it's fascinating because you're kind of going through yeah. this sort of qualifier sort of, I've got, I'm making the cut. Well, you it's know, kind of interesting you say that because now I'm thinking about 18 compared to seven, the only hole that I birdied and they, they were probably like um, the same flavor with different ingredients, right? They're, they're both free and focused on something um, without a sense, like you said, tentativeness, like tentativeness on the golf course could be the subtle killer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're not stepping up to a 200 yard par three thinking you're going to birdie it. No, dude. So it's a, those are accidents. You know? I was thinking right. I was going to get a hole in one. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's the classic being tentative towards a, maybe a small target versus, Hey, I'm going to go here be aggressive to a big target, but it's going to get me further away from the hole. Yeah. But that's really the swing you want. So just, yeah. Fascinating to watch. I'm sorry. That's said, my chair. That's not my ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said it gets worse. That, and I forget Eric, I think this was about a year ago. So again, keep me honest, but you basically went into a round of golf where you said, I assume that every shot has already been hit 
and I've told this to a couple guys that I coach, I I've used this as an example, um, where you assumed every shot has already been hit. Fate has happened. The shots, there's nothing that I can do. There's no change I can make. And you went into that round of golf and keep me honest, you broke par for the first time. Yeah. I, I, I demolished par. Like I was what did like you shoot? Three, you three, shoot? three under, three oh, or four under. Yeah, congrats. sixty-seven. There's, and have you ever playing, shot under par since then? Not before or since. It's like my maiden. It's like the one time. You know, <laughs> like it's so bizarre. So, all right, I cannot wait to unpack this. So yeah, I know for some people that it might sound meta, and some people might not believe in fate and whatever. But you actually, this was a device for you to basically be okay with wherever the ball goes because it was supposed to go there. So talk about the feeling that day and how you even thought about this approach. Yeah, so uh, we were filming, and um, we were filming with James Worthy, NBA legend, the part of the Lake Show, and uh, you know the glasses, love the glasses. His glasses are in the Smithsonian. Did you know that? Okay. No. We, we talked. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty like, cool. Well. Yeah, I was like, your fucking glasses. Um, and you know, I went in with a different motivation. Right. So my score wasn't the goal for the day. I guarantee if I was playing Hillcrest for score, I would have come in with an 82. It's the irony. Right. Mm. Um, and well, to walk you through the day a little bit. Right. Because yeah. I mean, so I so I tee off on one kind of wipe it right. I'm in the rough. I'm not in the driving range, thankfully. And I kind of don't care if I find the ball or not. Oh, I found it. OK, fine. So hit a little eight iron. I'm short of the green. I'm trying to talk to James Worthy. I'm trying to film. And then um, you know, I walk out with a little 54 degree and just chip it in. Oh, wow. Pretty. Okay. That's weird. You know, <laughs> and then, start. Uh, yeah, didn't even care. Like didn't, I didn't hit a practice, putt. nothing second hole, um, you know, good little pitching wedge, uh, par three lipped out for birdie. Didn't really think anything of it. Third hole, um, par five. And, and we have a caddy cause Hillcrest is a private club. And so we're, uh, the, the caddy's like, I, I'm going to go find your ball. And I was like, do not worry about it. I wiped it right. It's almost in the road. There's wood chips. I'm like, don't worry about it. Dude. I don't care. I'm going to drop. I'm trying to film a show here with Mr. Worthy. And he's like, then he's yelling. He's like, I got your ball. And I was like, uh, and I, I, my thought was like, oh no, now I need to go hit it. It's a long right. par five, pull out the three iron snap hook it left. Right. And I'm just like, what? Oh, come on, man. And he's like, I'll find it. And I was like, no, no please stop finding the ball. <laughs> like, you know, because I was also like you said, like to, to lay this out, like the truth is the night before and, and also in all these bad shots, there is no feeling at all of like there's no tentativeness. There's no doubt. There's, I don't give a shit about where the ball's going right. because like you were saying, Evan is like, so the night before I've been talking to my friend, Daniel, who is a legend. I don't know if you guys have met Daniel Gomes, but great guy mm -hmm. loves golf. And, uh, you know, I was telling him about some personal problems I was having it was like going through a breakup maybe or something. And he was like, you're on a tram line, dude, your life is honestly going great. And it's, predetermined right so so he believes in this thing called um uh determinism and so the whole concept of this theory is you literally can't even get out of the tram line if you wanted to right so there's no fate there fate there, there is no um uh you know what's the opposite of fate you have a choice yeah. you have a you, have, you yeah. can change your own fate right that that yeah. that theory would say that you cannot change your own fate because by changing your own fate, then you would just be doing whatever it was already going to do, which I sort of tend to believe. And some people don't, I've had conversations about it and I could kind of see it both ways. Um, but ultimately the fate of the golf ball, as we talk about the, the idea is 
what you were saying, Evan, the opener was the ball has already landed. And beyond that, I'm totally okay with wherever it is. If right. it's in the water, you know, if I put two in the water at Augusta, right? Okay. It's a story, folks. Mm -hmm. That's all that's happening. So walking into this round is like when the ball landed and I didn't know where it was, it's, I'm not, I cared so little that I didn't even need to find it. Um, and then all of a sudden we're on 12. I birdied four, par three, kind of a nice long putt, like 13 footer or something. Drained it. Next hole, like lift out for birdie. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like it's playing okay on these greens, you know? And then uh, next hole made a birdie. So six, seven, uh, get up and down for par. Didn't really think about it. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, a couple of birdies go by. And someone on the 12th tee is like, you, um, you're playing uh, pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, what are you? Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> I was like, what are you? Yeah, I'm playing okay. Like I have the same ball that I started with. Really, that's like literally what I thought. I was like, yeah, I'm playing the same ball, you know? And he was like, how many birdies have you made? I was like, one, two, 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 five. And he was like, how many bogeys? And I was like, and it was just like immediately my body just split in half. And I was like, <laughs> no, you're like, I don't want to talk about any of this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was five under on the 12th. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I, and then I parred 12, but then I parred 13 and then 14, I double bogeyed 15. I birdied like from the most, I mean, have you guys played Hellcrest? You got to play Hellcrest. I've never played Hellcrest. Okay. I'll introduce you to my friend Landon. He'll, he'll take you out. Like yeah. he'll, he would love to play with you guys. He's a great host too. Like he's just like got the stories and he's telling you all about it. And he's really fun. I'll make sure to um, get you with Landon. Um, yeah. Anyway, then 15 birdie and whatever. I mean, we get through the round, but to, to, to simply say, well, actually I, bo I, I bogeyed 18. I think I three putted a par five, uh, from 10 feet. But whatever, don't really care about that. But yeah, it was just this idea of, you know, dear ball, goodbye. I, Bobby Jones said something like, um, you know, I'll uh, hit it hard. It'll land somewhere. You know? mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ev. I was just going to say, you know, what this makes me think about, Eric, is um, I've told this story before, but, you know, on Fridays before work, I used to play at Westchester with uh, Stratton, who you know, and a couple buddies. And I, every time I would leave, you know, it's Westchester, it's an executive. So it's like, I'm not posting that score. I usually didn't even write it down, but I'd have an idea in my head where I was at at the end. And every time I'd play Westchester, I was like two or three over. Still 18 holes, two or three over. That's pretty good. It's good. And then I would go to uh, these, these uh, men's league tournaments. And I was always playing well. And the funny thing about these men's league uh, tournaments was they didn't take your actual handicap. They took your tournament handicaps. Oh, and I'd yeah. always shoot high at these tournaments because I cared. Yeah. And I'm like, I have such a high handicap. All I have to do is just not mail it in and I should win, you know? Yeah. And one day I went to a men's league event and I said, play like Westchester. Ooh. Like just real light. Just go find it. Go find it. Wherever it goes, go find it. Let's like just that. go find it. And I shot a 76, and I think my net was like a 64 or something. And I like Ooh. blew the, I blew everyone out of the water. But it's a similar thing. It's like, um, you know, we just had James Nicholas from the Corn Ferry on last week. I saw that. That's cool. And He's a good guy. He, yeah, he is. And he said something. I think he said, focused, focus without caring is the ideal state mm -hmm. it's obviously very hard when your whole life especially for those guys can change in an instant but isn't it funny how we get the great results 
from not caring. And then the next time you play, your expectations go like this and your whole approach changes and you've never yeah. done it since. It's like a band, right? Like you, you make a great album in your garage and then all of a sudden you're at the mm. Staples Center and you're like, uh, it just, you can't, it's harder to create when you care. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, get you right back to the show. I got a quick word from one of our sponsors and big news. Okay. Did you guys know it's master's week? It's a big week I'm going to my first master's and, uh, you know what I'm going to be wearing to my first master's? Obviously, I'm going to wear the Roback Azalea Polo, my part-train green hat, uh, some khaki shorts. But you know what's going to bring that outfit together and elevate it to another level? Where I wouldn't be surprised if people are going to come up to me at Augusta National and say, Hey, where'd you get that belt? My Roosters belt, it's called the Bandon. I am so excited to wear it and just bring together my whole outfit and just be masters decked out, okay? And here's how I know people are probably going to come up to me and say something. Because guess what? Cermak just got back from a wedding. And the first thing he told me when he got back, totally unprompted, we were not talking about roosters, I promise you, crossed my heart. He goes, dude, you wouldn't believe it. I wore the roosters belt all weekend. I got so many compliments on my roosters belt. People were coming up to me asking me, what, what belt is this? Where can I get one? Okay, Roosters belts are great because they elevate any outfit, especially a rowback one. And it's not too flashy. It's just a little touch that makes people realize, hey, this guy was this guy has attention to detail. Okay, this guy knows how to dress. And guess what? When you're feeling good about the clothes you put on, you're probably going to feel a little bit better over the shot. Okay, you know we're about the mental game. Roosters belts doesn't hurt. Okay? So, Here's what we're going to do. I got, guys, just because I love you, I got you a code, okay? Use code TRAIN, get 15% off, and free shipping. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Go to shoproostas.com, enter the code TRAIN, 15% off, free shipping. Get yourself a belt or two. I got the Oahu and the Bandon. The Oahu's this really nice black with white specks. Super subtle, but goes with everything. My Bandon, obviously, I got for the Masters and have a nice little splash of color. Um, but roosters are stretchy, high-quality, two-toned, woven elastic belts with crossing pattern braids, brown leather around the metal part of the belt, super high-quality. They even show up in this amazing little canvas bag. So every time I get a new product, I know whether or not they're high-quality based on the packaging, and you'll know immediately that roosters is top of the line. So here's what you got to do. Shoproosters.com, enter the code TRAIN, get 15% off and free shipping. And guys... Don't just get yourself a belt, okay? Get yourself some compliments. Elevate your rowback outfits with a Roosters belt, okay? Use the code while you still can. All right, let's get you back to the show. Eric, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what it's like playing in front of the camera all the time. I, I think for a lot of people, that can just bring a lot of internal pressure. But I do think, me personally, I think there's some advantages to it. Because you're not only playing golf, but you're entertaining a little bit. So you get to kind of be distracted in between shots, which I yeah. think is really good because we have to have short-term memories and we have to just kind of relax in between shots, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and you get to vocalize what you're doing, which I think can be an advantage to a certain type of individual. But but yeah, I wanted to get your, what you've learned from being in front of the camera on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Playing on camera is not something that most 
people experience, right? Like you're out there and that's the show, right? Is, is where I'm with three people and we're going to see what happens. The camera is an interesting experience over time, right? I mean, it started off with, um, well, adventures in golf, I would say, I would not call playing in front of the camera. That's, that's shooting a show where I use golf as a method of drawing parallels and, and pulling out culture and personality. Um, and, and the golf and adventures in golf is minor, right? Like, in fact, on every episode of adventures in golf, I'm never really playing around. I'm certainly just, you know, if I, if I hit a ball, like mildly offline, I'm like, whatever, dude, like we're, we're here to shoot. I'm here to talk to this person, get your shots. And like, it's, it's never about the ball. Um, but as far as playing on camera specifically, like, like the breaking series or even like course vlogs or matches with, you know, whoever is on the channel, um, that is, that that's changed for me over time. Right. Like in, in the beginning, um, I didn't like it right in the pebble video, right? Like I didn't like it. And then during the pandemic, we started releasing course vlogs, which I loved for some reason, because I could shoot whatever I wanted. We started doing shot traces for the first time, which is very satisfying on video. It's so cool too. Yeah, Nothing's it's better so than the divot. I've told you this. The <laughs> divot, divot tracer, tracer is my favorite. Yeah. That's there was a goose tough. tracer that made it through a couple of videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> Elliot has fun with the tracers, man. Um, but like the idea, and I would shoot those on iPhone, like solo. Like I would just go, I went out to Rustic. That was the first one. You guys love Rustic. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. and just like, whatever, man, like just, just record every shot. And then the fun part too is then recording the audio afterwards. I really look forward to that. I, I like kind of like, I basically really like roasting myself. Um, you know, because in a sense, that's, that's a very similar, it's almost like an inverse parallel to the breaking 90 series where, you know, I'm just out there getting roasted by the game, but in the course vlogs, it's like, I'm able to really show you what I play like and really say like, I am an idiot. And so I went for the green from 319 yards with waterfront. So whatever, I mean, but ultimately playing in front of camera, the, the real big, big takeaway that I've gotten relatively recently um maybe spits and spurts i've seen it early on especially in the scotland blogs and stuff like that is that the camera is maybe made up of glass and wires and metal and plastic and it has a battery that has to be charged and the lens has to be clean and it has to be functioning that might be what that is but in the same way that uh, you wouldn't just go sit in your car in the driveway and feel satisfied about your car, right? It's a tool. Yeah. The camera is a tool. And, and, and what's really beautiful about that is when I look in the camera now, I see so much of a different thing than I did in the beginning. As a filmmaker, when I got into golf, I, so the camera was, a, was, a, was my baby. I held the camera and I pointed it at other things as a documentarian. But now the camera is a way for me to, talk to people and talk about things that I care about. I was instructed early on by Chris Berman to focus on what I'm interested in. That's the only thing I have to do every day. Yeah. And so the camera really has become this kind of like friend on the golf course. And in some sense, it's how random golf club got started is because we started kind of looking at what is the pathway to friends on the golf course and how do we, create a bigger road for that how do we create more on ramps and off ramps to develop those relationships on the golf course that last a lifetime so the camera is really that 
it's a lot, right? It's definitely a lot, but it's something that is a, it, it, it's, um, you know what it is? It's a, um, it's like a shrine in a weird way. It, it, it's truly been for me, you know, cause I also was a photographer early on. So in, when I was like 16, I would just go smoke weed and take pictures of leaves, you know? And like the, it's, I'm actually really kind of, so you, you know, if you're listening, right. So Evan and Matt asked me before the podcast, they said, what would make this a good podcast? And I was like, well, if I could learn something about what I do and, you know, to be honest with you, this is happening right now. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm, I'm like, actually like it's happening, but the camera's always been my friend, but I never knew why I never really had a thing for it. And luckily, you know, YouTube happened and Instagram happened and the PGA tour was like, do whatever the fuck you want. Here's $5. You know, luckily all those things took place, but now ultimately the camera is more connected to, to what I do every day than anything else, just in the sense that it's bringing people together. So sure, you could look at the cameras like, oh God, I it's truly feel naked, but that's okay. Like we're all naked on the golf course when we play together. So why shouldn't that be the case on our channel when we're trying to basically do something that might actually make the world a better place by bringing people together creating, you know, meaningful community on the golf course. So is, really rem cool. is remembering that kind of a way that you come back? Because look, we just got, I just got my first camera. We're going to start doing awesome. some vlogs, I think. And I um, can't wait to come on the channel. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't fucking wait. And I, I've, I've toyed around with it, just doing like one hole at a time, you know, and it's easy to just delete that one <laughs> you know it's yeah. easy to not want to share each one now of course vlog when you're doing all 18 holes you there's no way around it but is that a way that you was that something you fought early on is that something you still fight early on or is the camera a great way to kind of silent the ego and say we're out here and yeah. we're doing it there have been a, there have been like I think one or two instances where we've been shooting a breaking series and there was a camera mix up like someone forgot to press record, so I had to hit the shot a second time. Um, but no, I mean for the most part, I'm interested in reality. Yeah. You know, I I truly believe my life has been a, an example of truth being much much stranger than fiction. So you know I don't, yeah. and you know I also know that like. Um, maybe it's schadenfreude i don't know but people don't mind when i make a quad you know it's this it doesn't matter anymore i don't like it i don't like the way it feels but nobody gives a shit yeah well we say a lot in this show because i my coach said it when we were kids golf doesn't define you it reveals you mm. i guess with the camera too right yeah <laughs> it doesn't define but it's just the ultimate revealing because like you said we're naked out there and it's capturing all of the footage yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things the camera has taught me is like, um, is, uh, interestingly enough to really listen better. Hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, cause I've, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts and like when the host interrupts the guest, I get angry and I'm like, stop interrupting them. Hmm. And so now I've learned like in every part of my life, like just rule number one, like if you're going to listen, just listen. So that's been an interesting takeaway. I don't know why I thought of that, but I think it's it's kind of like, you know, and also if you're a doc, if you're, if you're, 
if it's a show where you're saying you're going to do something, just do that. Right. Well, I want to dig into your game a little bit too on the notion of helping us learn things. But first, before we do that, in the spirit of this time of the year, um, and we did a whole podcast on this before years ago, uh, we did play by play of your, your Augusta experience. I just want to ask just out of curiosity, cause I'm actually going to my first masters this year. <gasps> That's right. Um, I saw the tickets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and your, your, uh, your wife was like, if it's a lottery, why are you yeah. paying? Like, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to know, is there anything from your experience now from playing Augusta that maybe changed you as a golfer, either the way you look at a round of golf or maybe helped you learn about your game? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the backstory here is I, 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 I was doing media at, uh, the, at the masters with golf digest. And then I, you, I entered the media lottery. And as Evan said, we, we broke this down on the par train and, and how lucky it was to be able to play Augusta just as a member of the media, the Monday after the masters. So that's that. Um, I mean, I said this on the pod, but I think on some level getting to play Augusta made me feel a little bit more legitimate in the golf world as, as a creator, as, as a writer, as a journalist, as a speaker. And, and, there are there are no belt notches that I care about anymore uh, it, as, that, that exist on grass. There are belt notches that I'm interested to learn as far as like a business person and learning how to do business in an authentic way where multiple parties are satisfied with whatever is happening, whether it's a partner that we work with or a, or a, or a, a person in our community that goes shopping on our site, um, or whether it's someone who comes to an event you know, those transactions should all be very sacred. Um, and that's something I'm really looking for. That's on my kind of bucket list is to really solve that and make everybody happy. Um, but ultimately Augusta really legitimized my own feelings of being in the golf world. And this came at an early time. I want to say it was 2018. So almost four years ago. Um, it didn't really change the way I play the game. I think that's much more dictated around like, the, the game is kind of the um, the game you play on any given day is more of like a blood test. Right? It's kind of affected by what you ate the other day or, you know, what you're thinking or what you're feeling or who you're with. They're kind of more minute factors. Right. But overall, the, the yeah, that 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 experience of playing Augusta was much more of like a larger puzzle piece that has no direct, you know, result. Um, I, I know that when I got into golf, I was a month or two into the game. My brother had gotten me started and he said, we were talking about the masters and I was like, where do they play the masters? And what is this? It looks cool. You know, and he's like, they played at Augusta every year. And I was like, wow, we were looking at photos and I was like, I want to play there. And he was like, he chuckled, you know, as you do, right. As mm -hmm. you do, like, who's going to go do that. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and I was just a, like a total outsider in golf. Right. And I think one of my journeys personally has to do with self-worth and really um, feeling good enough, you know, which is a strange thing to say, probably maybe, maybe, maybe someone listening is saying, what are you kidding? Like you have, you, why would, you know, you have everything, right? You, you get to play golf for a living or you've done this or there's that. And then, 
you're wearing a watch or, oh, you, whatever. Like, you know, you get to travel. It, there's so many things that you might think, but for me right now, a lot of my life is centered around like, yeah, like I deserve X or I'm good enough or like, you know, there's, there's self-esteem things. Mm -hmm. And on some level, Augusta, certainly an outside experience, but it did make me feel belonging and, and welcome into this world that I was about to enter. Cause I didn't make golf videos on my own YouTube channel at that point. It was more about the podcast. So there was a lot of things about to change. And I think, I think for me that that experience was very much of a, I'm a big game of Thrones fan. And you know, when, when lady, when lady Brienne gets knighted in the eighth season, that was meaningful to her, but it wasn't anything. It was just a small ritual, but it was a ritual that few get to experience and even fewer because she was a woman. So for me, being a member of the riffraff, being able to play Augusta was truly life-changing, but I can't tell you how. <laughs> well, it's, to me, it sounds like it's, it was a goal of yours, but it's not a goal you think about every day. Mm. But then when it does happen, you feel it, right? You detached. Yeah. You were detached from it. You basically did what Tom Holland did. Tom Holland said, oh, it'd be cool to be Spider-Man like 10 years ago, <laughs> 12 years ago. Now look at him, right? He there was this video. I don't know if you saw it. He said it like three times. He's like, what's your favorite video game that you would want? If they'd made a movie, it was like Uncharted. And then he's like, what superhero do you, would you want to be? Spider-Man. <laughs> Who's Whoa. your celebrity cuck? crush? Zendaya. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Master manifesting. Whoa. Well, and that, and that almost goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like this, this Augusta experience for me is almost an example of this tram lines deter determinism conversation where it's like, I, <laughs> I mean, every golfer wants to play Augusta. That's not a fucking original idea, but like the idea that it happened without a push, without it, without like a grind, without like dead ends, without like desire and wanting and wishing and hoping the fact that it just sort of occurred was kind of, like ridiculous. And if there's one thing in my life that could point to the idea that like, you're supposed to be here, I would probably say it's that because mm. it was so fucking random. Yeah. Well, that actually makes me think of something that's changed my life a lot in the past few years is, you know, I started working for myself and I'm helping companies with marketing and different things. And the part train is going like this at the same time. And before they were very separate things. And uh, a couple years ago, maybe in, even in the past year, I took a step back and what you just said struck me. You kind of were talking about efforting versus allowing. And I took a step back and I thought to myself, what is working for me right now? Like what is, if, if the universe is showing me what's working, what is it? And that part train is what that was, right? And so everything that I started to do, I was like, okay, golf has always been a love of mine. I love the parallels of spirituality and golf. Let's just focus on golf. And I, I cut ties with a couple things, which in the moment could have been scary. You know, I had less quote security, but then everything started flowing to me and to us and it's just amazing how when you look hard work's important there's work but i think what you're saying eric is it doesn't feel like it 
there's a different feeling when you're banging your head up against the wall and just doing the things you think you have to do versus putting the time in to something that actually gives you energy, not draining it. And my whole life has changed since then. I met, I'm getting married in August. I, I met her with the same thing. I was like going on dates. I was excited to meet someone, but I had no expectation of meeting someone. And I was for the first time, okay, being alone. And that's when I met her. And I think that is really an unbelievable lesson that's kind of driven my life, but not just in life, but that's kind of how you played golf when you broke par. It's kind of a very similar similar feeling. I didn't expect did to go here that? today, did but did you plan that? I did not. <laughs> that was it, fucking incredible. <laughs> you did. No, you you nailed it, right? Like it's it's when you let go of the results, focus on the process, the results take care of themselves. Yeah. Brilliant, dude. That that's a really funny story that you just shared. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how that stuff works, but go yeah. ahead, Sir. I know you're It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't I I can't track that. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Like I can't say, Hey, let go of the results and I'll see you in six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't, it does. It's so fucking crazy. Well, I think golf's the hardest example. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's all hard, right? Our life is hard. Our relationships are hard. Our professional life's hard. You know, golf, golf is the absolute hardest day in and day out. Well, and golf's not really the only game where you have no one to blame but yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, is that, is there another game? Is that the thing? Probably. I yeah. Mean, there's individual, other individual sports and games, right? But what are they? What's a, What's another good individual car racing, but shooting, you're racing against other people. Sh- shooting. Yeah. shooting. Tennis, you're still responding to someone else. That's, yeah. Tennis. I like shooting. I like bow and arrow. Yeah. I think, I think archery. Jojo's struggling. Come on. <laughs> That's all he's got. Tell him hi. Evan and Matt say hi. Um, well, let's let's shift for a second to your game because okay, I, cool. I really wanted to get here for our listeners. We do something called Mental Game Roundtables where we unpack people's games. You talked about driver yips. You talked about not feeling good off the tee. That's something I can relate to. Uh, I've experienced that for years now of just... What I've struggled with, Eric, and then we'll go to you. Here, let me talk about myself first. Oh. Um, <laughs> I found it difficult to let go and have light hands, but have face control, right? So I want to be l- loose and relaxed, but then sometimes it's wide open and I, and I lose it way right. So let's talk about the driver first. Like, what is that like for you right now? What is, how do we... Let's unpack the mental side of Eric's driver. Uh, Eric's not here right now. Sorry. He'll be right back. <laughs> this could be the thing you wanted to learn most. Yeah, actually. Um, I mean, for me, like in my swing, I'm trying to get to my left side, you know? So um, I, I'm trying to basically, I'm trying to take, I got three swing thoughts. Fucking A. Well, first one is <laughs> take away, keep that club at above the line. Try to keep it above the line. It'll still be below the line, but it'll feel like it's above the line. Get to the top, take a little break, make a salad, whatever. And then when I get close to impact, I want to be getting into that left side, both with my right shoulder and my left hip and, and my, you know, my, my upper body and really getting ready 
to be through that. And then, you know, also, yeah, soft hands, like you said. What I have found when times I struggle with the driver, Eric, I'm curious to your thoughts, because we all want to get to our left side. But if I get up to a tee shot, I don't like because mm. I never want to hit it left. Mm. Sometimes that that like over is so overcoming because right, you do the opposite. Yeah. But I don't like the tee shot. Yeah, I got to get through this shot. What happens is I don't make a good turn into my right side. And if you don't make a good turn into your right side, you can't get left. Yeah. So it's a, it's, that's a dichotomy right there. And I, I like to focus on when I don't like what I see, take a deep breath and get to the right side. Yeah. Uh, just as that's something I deal with. I'll be honest. I'm in a bit of a, I'm in a bit of a dark phase right now with my golf swing. I'm oh. about to, I'm about to go into another lessons, lesson period. I've, I've on and off taken lessons throughout my whole golf game and I haven't taken a lesson in probably two years. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to get back on the grind. Well, what I can feel from you, Eric, is, and I can totally empathize with this. We get to points in our golf swings where you just mentioned about three to six things. We're not quite sure which is our, what is our thing? What's my thing? What's the one thing I want to focus on that has the best impact for me? And sometimes getting a lesson can just help simplify that. But if you were going to simplify it, because to me, maybe that's the purpose of today, Eric, is helping you get one thought. I mean, when you were hitting your driver the best, what do you think was your, your one focus? lost you when you said when you were hitting your driver the best <laughs> so it's always been a thing uh yeah i mean i struggle with i struggle with the driver um what's what's the best part of your game here thank you thank you for taking it there. because I, i've got some thoughts i want to hear but i want to hear you first talk about this. <laughs> uh i'm really enjoying my wedges right now yeah i feel like i found something there i feel like i'm getting that club head a little bit behind me and um I'm, I'm imagining my hips, uh, twisting like a Tootsie roll, you know, rather than, uh, you know, trying to, well, slim Jim it, you know, just whack it. I'm trying to just twist on twist on the plate. And, um, I, I really enjoy the feeling of just really crisping, uh, like a 54. I mean, a hundred so, yards in, right. Could you, yeah. Cause it's the, it, I mean, we don't want our weaknesses to be so bad that they really cost us every day, but oftentimes we're so focused on our weaknesses and not really doubling down on our strengths and just realizing I'm just not the best driver. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I could be a great, great wedge player. Yeah. I mean, the thing is in, in the past I have, I, I driving for a period of time was one of my strengths. Um, and so I have, I've played golf a few times over the last week and I'm starting to feel a little bit better with the driver now after um, a couple months of just kind of being like, I don't know where this is going. Um, so yeah, just going to look for some consistency there. Maybe try to r- throttle down a little bit. It is funny though, how as golfers, we kind of have an expectation that we can excel at everything. Mm. This is actually, I had a call with my personal coach this week and she goes, you don't have to excel at everything. I was getting frustrated. We were moving and like, yeah, I have a creative mind. So like thinking about measurements and hanging stuff and TV hanging and art hanging and what's the length of the wall, what's the middle. Oh, but the hook isn't at the top. So now I have to measure it. Like I was getting so agitated 
And she pauses and she looks at me and she goes, well, you know, you're not a carpenter. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to excel at everything, you know? And in golf, I think we, we try and do that. I wonder if there's some freedom there of just like, we don't necessarily want to like reiterate that I'm a bad driver of the golf ball, but like, Hey, maybe there's less pressure on the tee because you, you got great wedges. And sometimes we commit the most from the trees anyways. So, hey, maybe you're a great player from the trees and you wedge it close and that's how you play. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. At the end of the day. ball lands, I'm okay with it. Yeah. At the end of the day, the two best players in the last 20 years were the most crooked drivers of the golf ball. Yeah. Let's go. So, (laughs) Tiger and Phil. Tiger and Phil. Rotella told us that. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So. What do you want to, like, where do you think, where do you want your game to go? Like, what do you, what do you want out of your game? Like from a year from now, what do you think, what would you be happy with? Uh, I don't really think about that. Um, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, that might sound weird, but like, the truth is, I mean, there's nothing. There's the, to, to, for me to say, I feel like, or even think about like, what do I want out of the experience of me hitting the golf ball for me to try to relate that to like a swing or a result. I, I know not too much, but I know enough to know that that's kind of not going to set me up for success. So what I really want from my game is, Um, I mean, there are experiences I would like to have, right. And I, and for me, the meetup playing golf with a hundred people on the same hole is that's, that's the drug right now. Right. That that's the experience that I crave. Um, unfortunately they're hard to plan and you know, it's, it's a, it's a complicated thing to do that's time consuming, but that's what I want from my game is (laughs) I just want to walk along, you know? Um, I, uh, there's places I want to play and I would like to play well when I play there. Um, but I know that the kiss of death and we've spoken about this before is birdieing number one. So all I really want to do is like have a couple pops at, at glory and soak in those. Right. I've been journaling recently and I didn't get a model from anyone. I just started journaling. Cause I was like, I gotta start like, paying attention to what I'm doing every day for some reason. I don't know why I wanted to do it. And the thing I've noticed that's actually been the most interesting is I've started to focus my attention on what was the highlight of the day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like for one day it was like, I mean, yesterday we did like a, you know, Wordle. I saw that. Yeah. So we did the Octurtle man. And, and like, it was just a highlight, like, and it was so silly, you know? And then the day before it was like, there was a moment where I was driving in the car and I just felt really excited and peaceful. And I was just like, this is fucking it, man. And so I'm trying to monitor and, um, you know, kind of, uh, log those experiences probably so that I can have more, right. Probably so that I can yeah. incorporate more moments of basically bliss as cheesy as it sounds. Um, so really, I guess, the long way of answering your question is what I'm looking for on the golf course. I'm looking for fucking bliss, dude. Like, yeah. and that can come from 97,000 different places. Maybe it's FaceTiming my dad on a hole, 
right? I don't know. Like maybe it's going live and being like, I don't know what's happening here. I'm about to make a nine and this is a par three. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is, but that's not, it's, it's nothing that has to do with the club face and, and, a, and the ball. I know yeah. that. Well, Eric, I guess my question is, do you think the majority of those really best moments are feelings of inspiration of some sort, or maybe not necessarily, but like, some sort of your, I was, I'm inspired by this moment, even like you said, just driving the car on the freeway, but I feel, yeah. but it, I, I'm curious. I was actually in traffic. That was the weirdest thing. Well, I was like stuck in traffic. And I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's almost like Windows finding down. the extraordinary in the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually, I, I would like to get back to you on that because I, I haven't yet understood the, uh, the, um, the carryover, right. The, the common symptoms of the highlight of the day. But it does seem to be some experience of play is what I'm learning now. There's an experience of play that is um, um, you can't plan it. It's not it's 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 surprising a little bit. And um, I'm noticing how it tends to happen around the same time. Hmm. It sends me around two o'clock, one o'clock. That's like the highlight of the day. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just whatever I'm doing at one o'clock is the highlight. Maybe I should just go post up on a part three. <laughs> maybe it's your glucose. It could be. <laughs> It could be. Yeah, I don't know. I got it. I'm doing, I'm doing a study. So um, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. Love it. Well, here's what I'm most excited for you, Eric. I'm, I'm excited and I kind of share this with you. So maybe we can experience this together, but I'm excited that the, sorry, I got to interrupt you. I, I think I know what it is actually. It's, it's really freedom. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's freedom from the mental construct of pain, problems, outcome. It's a true sense of freedom. Yeah. And, and within that, there's a sense of play also. That's what I was recognizing first. But the truth is right above it is a feeling that I can do anything right now. Sorry to interrupt you. No. Well, maybe that's, that's it. it. It's, it's um, I, what I'm excited about is, sorry for one second, the tee box. What an exciting opportunity. Every tee shot to find, try and find freedom and play in an area that has the most, quote, scar tissue or pain in the past, right? Like every time that happens, that's an opportunity. It's a little test. It's a little opportunity that it's the hardest time to find the freedom. On the tee box? On the tee box. I completely disagree. Why is that? The, 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 I think the tee box is the blank piece of paper. For me, the tee box is my favorite place on a golf course, bar none, no matter what. If you gave me a, uh, like a, a the most picturesque green or a modestly picturesque tea box. I'm going to take the tea box. The tea box, man, it's the first page of the book. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. You're on, but, you're, and it's square. But here's what's interesting <laughs> the energy you just talked about with the tea box doesn't necessarily match the energy when you talk about your driver. So, what I'd love to do is blend that a little bit. All right. This is going to be expensive. I, it's, this is what. <laughs> Did you know these guys are therapists? <laughs> There's a dichotomy there. Yeah. That is really interesting, dude. Yo, this guy just completely. I can't believe that. Sorry. I'm t I get Jojo's in my living room. Um, but I, uh, that's a, that's a, did you see that happen, Matt? I did. What the? I did. I knew it's, I, I knew it's where he was going too. It's just Shaman. A, it just, Shaman. Well, maybe let's end there. I think that's a great place to end. Let's I think it's a good there. place for let's start there. Um, 
Let's Obviously, you guys are podcast, probably following right? Eric, but at Eric Anders Lang on Instagram, at Random Golf Club, Random Golf Club dot com. You guys are dropping ten new hats in five days right now. Is that true? Yep. Whoa. Yeah, it's Hat Week. Um, and if you're in Austin, come by the headquarters. Uh, we're going to be having a party on Sunday of the Masters. I'm really excited for that. Come one, come Love all. It. There'll be barbecue. Um, I wish you guys could make it. I'm looking forward to when you come down. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Anything we didn't cover today that you want to end on or reiterate? That is a tough question. Uh, I guess, you know, like um, swim as often as possible in whatever, unless it's a stagnant body of water in a foreign country, just get in the water, you know, and go swimming no matter the temperature and, and force everyone in your group to go with you because it really is the highlight of the day. <laughs> At one o'clock. At one, you got to do it at one o'clock. One o'clock's the golden hour now. Yeah. 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 Local time. Local love time. It. Well, Central. we love everything you do, Eric. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. You too. Thank Same you for here. coming yeah. back a third time. And, um, Real treat. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do this Thanks, again. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, this has been fun. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Sounds yeah. good.